Okay, welcome back. We are in the studio again. We've got Ty the Flipman, we've got Jamil and Pace. Welcome guys again to be here. And we're gonna be talking about their, everyone's gonna share their number one tip for real estate in 2020, coming up. For a limited time, you can get a free copy of Jerry Norton's Virtual Flipper Kit with everything you need to flip houses without seeing them in person. Download it now at virtualflipperkit.com. Hey, if you're new here to the channel, I'm Jerry Norton with FlippingMastery.com and this channel is all about ways to make money wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell notifications so you don't miss new videos. All right, so here we are. It's 2020. We're kind of like post-COVID now. Uh, we did a video earlier where you guys shared some tips um, about how to kind of operate in this environment with COVID going on. And we're not afraid to talk about COVID. We'll say COVID on the channel because we're not censored. We don't do ads, so we can talk. We don't have to say the disease. The disease. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's 2020 right now. Crazy things are happening. It's turning out to be way different than what I thought when COVID first happened. Yep. We were talking about this a little bit. Um, now, now, Pace and Jamil and me, we, we live here in Phoenix. Ty's coming here all the way from Alabama. Um, if you didn't see our other video, make sure to go watch that. It's a long video, but it was a lot of fun. We talked about worse and best deals. And uh, again, everybody here in this room, I'm going to put their information below in the description so you can follow them on Instagram, go to their YouTube channels, check them out too. And But let's get into it. Let's talk about your number one tip. If there's one thing you could tell somebody, we'll start with you again first, Ty. If there's one thing you could tell somebody watching right now that's maybe brand new into real estate, maybe they've been in real estate, your number one tip for them on how to do this business right now in 2020. Well, it, it's, it's, it's one tip, but... It's, There's a lot to it. Not, <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing we're going to assume that you've educated yourself, right? If, if you want to succeed at anything, it, 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 it increases your chances of succeeding by simply knowing what to do. <laughs> we'll start there. But a tip, uh, this business boils down to finding deals, right? It, it boils down to obviously you got to have buyers, but. Uh, a tip when you're out, and I try to take it from a standpoint of someone doesn't have a lot of resources when they start, as I did when I started. Um, and when I say not a lot of re resources, you may just only have gas money. It's going to at least take that, what I'm about to say. So if you're out driving $4, right, um, obviously you're looking for the vacant houses. Uh, they will normally stand out there, either boarded up or grass, especially this time of year. Um, in the spring and summer, you can notice that. But um, one of the things that you should look for, a couple of things, is um, target for rent signs. And what you're going to be looking for are the generic red, red and white or black or white sign because normally that's the owner. On top of that, the real tip is when you're driving a neighborhood, and some neighborhoods will be more prevalent than others for this, Maybe in the D areas, sometimes the C areas, and if you don't know what a D neighborhood is, that's the rich people live in the A's, the D's, the, the not so rich <laughs> live in the D, and you probably can figure out what the B and C are. All right, so look for a landlord that has just put everybody's stuff out on the street. <laughs> uh, that, well, that tenant out on the street, that's probably a tired landlord. Yeah. Just went through an eviction. So you write down the address. You uh, you search um, uh, who the owner is, either through the county website that you can find that free. 
Just do a search for the county, just a tax assessor, tax collector, maybe call something different in your market. Normally that information is available if you're not in a non-disclosure state or whatever. So at that point, you'll want to search and see who owns the property. You'll be able to reach out to them by mail and or by phone number, by call or tech and or text. And so you're playing the numbers game that this guy is tired of being a landlord. And this may be an opportunity for you to pick up a four or five figure payday, place it under contract. And obviously you want to flip the contract out to a cash buyer. So love, love it. it. Awesome. Great tip. Thank you, Ty. Jamil, how about you? So my tip, it's going to be on the opposite side of the coin because, you know, Keegley, we're a disposition company. So I should know a thing or two about selling houses. So how can you find a buyer that's ready to take your deal right now? The thing is, is that a lot of us have buyers, but timing is always the thing, right? If your buyer has just picked up a flip or people on your list have re-upped inventory, you have a contract right now that you need to sell and everybody's busy. Everybody's got a project. No one's ready. Um, you are having a hard time selling your deal. What do you do? Hack 101 right now. You go to the MLS and you see what brand new flip property was just listed today. How can you tell it was just listed today? Well, it'll pop up as just listed. Second, you can tell it's a flip by looking through the pictures and seeing how has it been finished? Has it been finished like a flip property? If it has, get to the master bedroom, look for clothes. If there are no clothes in the closet, you are dealing with a flip. Now what you do is you find out who's the owner of that property, you skip trace them at skipvault.com, and then you find out, you just call that person up and say, hey, I realize you just listed your property today on the MLS. You must be ready for another property to flip. I have one for you. These are the details. That buyer, timing, I'm telling you, timing is everything in this business. That buyer is ready today. The other thing that I would do on top of that is I would reach out to the agent who is listing that property. If that agent is listing that property for one fix and flip buyer, guess what? she or he has more of fix more and flips. flip buyers yeah. so you want to have a relationship with that agent you also want to be working with that with that seller that is going to eventually be your buyer guys i'm telling you timing wise it doesn't get any better than that that is reverse engineering 101 at the highest level because timing is always it PropStream does not tell you when when the buyer is ready this right here tells you when the buyer is ready. So can I add to your strategy? Because I love this technique, reverse engineering flippers. A couple things I'll add to that is uh, once you have your deal, first search the neighborhood. So when you're looking for those recent flips, because every flipper loves to flip again in 100%. the same neighborhood. That is your ideal buyer is someone that just listed it in the neighborhood. Now you can expand out. So if you don't get a bite, you can keep going out. But ideally they're in the same neighborhood. And then another thing I like to do with that is I like to go back and see what they bought that brand new flip for. Right. And sometimes... And might sometimes, tell you it's way, way more than what right. you're, you're wholesaling at. Yeah. yeah. So yep. if you got a contract for, I'm making numbers up, 50, you see they bought the house, you know, next street over for 70, there's your number. Yeah. You know, assuming the rehab is similar. Yep. But that'll tell you a lot about that flipper. What I like to do is if they bought on the MLS, there's an existing link of that when they bought it wholesale, right? Or when they bought right. it old. And then I look at the pictures, I look at their retail and I can kind of say, well, I know what they spent on rehab. I know what they bought it for. I know if they made money, I know how long it took them because I see when they bought it, when they listed it. 
I know if they know what they're doing. You know so much by doing that research. Yes. Now you bring your deal to that flipper and you know where they're at. Or awesome. you bring the deal to the agent. I watched one of your videos yeah. recently where you brought the deal to the agent who is listing the property and now you've made a new allegiance, a new friendship with that real estate agent who will bring you other yeah. buyers and maybe bring you other deals. And you just went directly to the agent and had them. And it's faster because yes. the agent info is on Zillow and it's right. on Redfin. Right. So you can boom, call the agent. There's no tracking down anybody. Yeah. So if like, you know, skip tracing or tax record searches are like brain damage for you, then don't do any of that. Yeah. Just call the realtor. Call the realtors and, and let that person earn their money. And the agent will refer you to their always for free. Like you, you could offer to pay them, but I found you don't need to because they that means the they're getting another they're listing. listing. So they'll yep. gladly talk to their yep. investor. Yep. Love it. Awesome strategy. Thank Ace, you. What do you got for us? So this is the same thing that I, I, I'm learning over and over and over that I have to keep reverting new investors back to the same exact thing. So Jamil and I traveled the country. That's actually how I met uh, my good friend, Ask Flipman over here or Ty. Um, and the number one thing that pops up is, hey, I'm not getting enough deals or I want to scale. I want this, that, and the other. My question every time back to them is, when was the last time you spoke to a motivated seller? And my tip is, you need to look at your KPI. How many conversations are you actually having? It always, everything in this business comes from that. Are you having quality conversations with motivated sellers? Define every day for people. Key performance indicator basically is a measurement tool so for us, I was talking about KPIs yesterday. Bobby was helping us do some recording. And one of the KPIs I focus on is how many leads do I need to get one contract? Mm -hmm. And our average, the national average, what I found is about one deal comes from 50 leads. Our company is at one in 43. So we're a little bit better than mm -hmm. the national average. When I'm working the leads, it's one in 30. <laughs> but at some point, you have to replace yourself and scale Bro, up in your business, right? What do you, what do you call, what do, what do you consider a lead? Is this someone that actually wants to sell? Yep. Or somebody that's willing to talk to us about an offer. Okay. Number one, if they like our offer, are they willing to move in the next 120 days? This is just us. And an area that worst case scenario, I would fix and flip in if I didn't, if I ended up not wholesaling it, would I fix and flip it? That is what we consider um, a motivated seller. Okay. Okay. Now we filter it after that, right? That's our cold callers. They do that, and then they put it into our CRM, and our team calls. And so, once we so, call, so again, let's make sure we're straight here. Your forty-three would be conversations, right? So you're on the phone, you're having a conversation. That would count. A lead in itself that you can't get a hold of it isn't counted. So that would be your lead to contract. Then there's offer to contract. Right. No. Well, which one are you following? So then? if you get a, if you get somebody put into our CRM from our cold callers or from our text okay. messaging, meaning that, somebody raised their hand, right? Somebody okay. raised their hand says, I'm willing to take a second call from your team. Okay. That is considered a lead in our world. Gotcha. That's good, bad, or indifferent. Sometimes the leads come in. You guys know this. You get leads from your, your, your team and you're like, this is not a great lead. I still consider that one of my 43 leads. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay? So, so if someone buys a list of 10,000 names, you're not counting those as leads until you get someone to raise their hand out of that list. That is correct. Does that make sense? So make sure you're understanding here what Pace is saying here. He's saying someone raises their hand. It doesn't mean they've agreed on a price or right. even that they're serious. Right. But they've raised their hand. They said, I want to have a conversation about selling my house. You're closing 43 out of 100. No, or no, no, no. You're one, one out of 43. Out of 43. One out of 43. Okay. So the, the thing comes down to this. So in April of 2020, we had the worst month in my wholesale business ever. You know what it came down to is one thing. 
Hmm. Came down to the fact that my guys were just not doing the follow-up because they were all working remotely. We weren't managing the KPI of how many calls they were making mm-hmm. a day. So our number in our company is our all of our acquisition guys need to make 50 calls a day, not cold calls, 50 calls a day to our warm leads that came through our cold calls. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if they make 50 calls a day, our acquisition guys average two deals a week. Hmm. That's it. So they make 250 to 300 Guys, this is how you scale the business, right? You gotta, it's a big funnel. Right. You know, they come in and they come out, but you got to get them. You want more to come out, more come in the top, right? And so what was funny is we had our worst month in April. I think we did something like $80,000, $85,000 in assignment fees. That was the worst month in wholesale I've ever had once I started scaling a business. Now, obviously, when I started out, it wasn't like that. It was just yeah. me and my wife, right? But when we started scaling, we had acquisition guys. The worst month was April. The best month I've ever, ever had was May. Because you got a handle on it. Well, we sat down and go, what is going on? Is yeah. it COVID? No, it wasn't COVID. Our average calls per day went from 55 down to 15. And it, that was the only difference. The difference was, are you talking to motivated sellers every day? And are you hitting your numbers? Because this is a numbers game. Are you okay. doing the work? Well, I cut you off, but you were trying to get your tip. Oh, that was my tip. My tip is, <laughs> my tip is every, when you wake up every morning, your, your goal of the day is not... How do I streamline my podio? How do I do this? How yeah. do I work on That's all my busy systems? Work. It's busy work. And what every time I'm talking to somebody in other markets all over the country, my question is, when was the last time you talked to a motivated seller? And they go, two weeks ago. Yeah. I go, you got to be talking to four or five or six or seven of them every day. Yeah. Every day. So, so Pace, you'll, you'll probably appreciate this. What I tell people is, if you want to wholesale deals consistently, three to five a month or whatever, You've got to be talking to, you've got to be making five offers a day, which is 25 a week, Monday through Friday, 100 a month. You will start to close deals because there's no, when I say offers, I mean, you get on the phone, you say, here's my number, yes or no, right? Five a day, magic's going to happen. I'm telling you, if somebody told me that they took that formula and they actually did the work and they never got a deal out of it, I would pay them $10,000. There's absolutely no possible way. The worst closer in sales of all it's time. It's law of averages. It's law of averages. It's just going to happen. Deals, and yeah. then you'll when you get a deal, you get momentum, you get confidence. Then you get more deals and you get better at it, right? Yeah. So That's I read this. I read this to. statistic and it changed everything for us. The the National Sales Association said that eighty percent of sales are made between the fifth and the twelfth follow up. One hundred percent. We were. We were Who does the, that? People don't do that. They say, oh, no, done. Throw the throw that lead away. No, follow up. That, so game changer for me. I went to a seminar. Actually, a friend of ours. This was years ago before we started. I started scaling my individual business. I went to their seminar. I paid money. I always pay for education. I'm always happy to do it. And the thing that changed their my mind is they opened up their CRM and they went through and they had a KPI they were tracking, key performance indicator. It was the average amount of times they have to talk to a seller before a contract happens. Okay. Uh-huh. It was 35 times before it, they <laughs> they talked to a seller, reached out to a seller, they texted a seller. Average was 35 times before they got a contract. Touches. Wow. Touches. touches. 35 yeah. touches. Points of contact. Touches. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, man, really? I thought it was, it comes in, you have two combos, somebody's ready to go. It's like, no, that's not how it is. It's the, the, the GIS game is follow up and stay on well, top. Well, think about Keegley on the disposition side, right? Right. You're assigned an associate or whatever you guys call them. That person's call. I mean, I get calls from you. What, where can I help you? You know, like there's such a level of connection that you make with your buyers. Correct. That now when, when they're ready to go, you know, you're able to line everything up because you're, 
you're constantly building that relationship right. by touching those. 100%. I mean, that's just key it's, to this it's, business. It's what kept us going through COVID, honestly, mm -hmm. is knowing where our buyers were and who our buyers were yeah. at that time, right? At any given time, you know yep. what they want, when they want, when yep. they're ready. Yep. And that's... that's Only happens from follow-up. Awesome. Con conversations. Quality conversations. Yep. Love it. Great. So my tip, I'm going to go with a mindset idea here, okay. and that is... Uh, you know, it's funny because since COVID hit, from the moment COVID hit, which was like what, middle of March or whenever, as soon as Trump said no more flights overseas, it was like, boom, you know, stock market crash the next day. To me, that's kind of like day one for us of COVID. Right. Uh, until now, here we are mid-June. I put out, I think, 17 or 18 videos on my channel specifically about how I'm adjusting due to COVID. And, and a lot of those initial videos were just like, I have no idea, but here's what I'm doing. And one of them was, I'm doing a 20% discount on all our offers. We call it the COVID discount just because we don't know. We don't know where we're headed. We don't know if the market's going to crash. We just don't know. And here now, June, I'm finding that the market's increasing. Like Phoenix, Phoenix real estate went up 9% in April. Like in month. the middle of lockdown. In the middle of lockdown. <laughs> like what the heck, man, is going on? And, and I, so the, my tip is... I'm not doing that discount, even though that's what I did a video. That video is like obsolete. I should probably delete it, right? Because it, now it's different. And in this business, things are constantly changing. You have to be adaptable. You have to be willing to change constantly with the environment we're in. And what I love about real estate is it doesn't matter if people, doesn't matter if the market's up or down, people live in houses and we can make money on the way up, on the way down, sideways, whatever ways, but we do have to adjust how we do it. You know, that's the key. So people come in and they're like, well, you know, I want to learn this way of doing something. And then I just want to do it that way from now on. No, that might work today. It might not work tomorrow. And you better be willing to drop that idea and do something different just because, right? And the people I know that make the most money in this business are quick to adapt to the market. They're quick to adapt to strategy. They're quick to recognize new, new opportunity. So and they're Jerry, the ones that Jerry, keep making I, money. I do have a question. So how do you keep a pulse on the market and know, know how to change? Great. So I constantly want to follow what the real estate market is doing. So I love um, Housing Wire. Okay. So they put out a morning edition article, an afternoon, and I think an evening. I pay for their subscription. I read every single article they come out. They are so on top of the national trends in real estate. So I'm learning, and I like to follow inventory, days on market, right? And there's a thing that they track, which is purchase contracts. I mean, how many buyers are going under contract? I like to look at new housing, like right now, yeah, permits, yep, and starts, like when are, what are starts? Because if new construction comes to a halt for flippers, that's, I mean, oh you're creating gosh, an opportunity yes. now where if you can get a deal and you come out with a finished product, it's gonna fly off the shelf for mm -hmm. over list price. Like right now, if you're, so right now we're heavily buying because I know that we're gonna have, we're having this, we're having this window right now where where you you can't get money for deals or there's no inventory. You put that finished product out in six oh, months from yeah. now, there's nothing on the market. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So just, I, I love what Ty said, become a student of this business. You, you know, you, you wouldn't go in, you wouldn't be a doctor and not get educated, would you? No, I mean, no, you can't no. for one, but like do your, and we're, we're preaching to the choir because you're watching this video. <laughs> right. Yeah. People always ask me like, um, what if a recession happens and you're going to lose all your money or whatever? But I, my question is, are houses going, are going to become free in that? <laughs> they're never free. So that means that they're not free. That means someone is renting a house or someone is paying a mortgage or buying a house. Mm -hmm. And people are going to move. 
yeah. right? Which that means transactions, but that mean, which that means opportunity. That's right. You just have to adjust with what's going on. I didn't know that back in 07, 08. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All I knew is I was making more money each year mm -hmm. and I was living that way. Yeah. That's a learned. And, and so when it crashed, making 20s or so thousand of months was a lot of money. It's still a lot of money, but it was definitely a lot of money back then for me. And, um, and you go down to five, which still could be a decent living, but when you live in oh, 20, 20. Oh, <laughs> five. you yeah. know what I'm saying? It, it just, but point is, I should have adjusted. That's when I should have really made some money yeah. or whatever, because the opportunity is just, it changed. All of my buyers just basically went away because they were all, their businesses were based around the subprime lending market. You get a ham sandwich finance back then. They would buy a house. <laughs> they, they would buy a house, buy it from me, um, put a little money into the refi and get 80% back out and do the same. And they just was oh, continuously yeah. doing that. Mm -hmm. And they about to pull the 80% out and still sell it to get the other 20% after cost, maybe another 10%, you know, a profit yeah. or whatever. And it was just a consistent thing. But when it hit, all of them basically went away, and those were the majority of my buyers because they were buying in, in areas where now pretty much are only rental areas, but back then there, was, there were rental and uh, uh, retail areas. You know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter mm -hmm. where the house was at. Right. If you rented a value, you could have a buyer for it because lenders were pushing those arms back then, mortgage brokers or whatever, and they were financing first-time homeowners. And, you know, they, they didn't care. They were already living in that, that area because they were renting renting in those areas, whether it was crime, quote-unquote, war, war zones, but it's still an opportunity to own a house or whatever, but a lot of times they send up those arms and they couldn't afford when the yeah. arm adjusted uh -huh. and that crashed the market, but opportunities exist, exist because houses did not become... Well, there was a lot of there was a lot of people that lost everything in 08 to, you know, to 2010, but then there's a lot of people that never had to work again because they had... Oh, to that, and that's what you're looking for. You don't right. want to, you don't want uh, the COVID... The cause where it's all these people unemployment, unemployed, but in re, in real estate, when something like this happens, which it hadn't really happened though, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the mark, the real estate market hasn't crashed because of it. It's actually right. went up or well, whatever. Well, the last three of the five recessions were net positive on real estate, yeah. so a recession doesn't mean real estate's real going to take, gonna take yeah, it. Yeah, it was because of real estate. It was because of real estate, whether yeah. the lending, which is part of real estate is why it crashed. So that's no why real estate yeah. was, um, was, was affected. So. Yeah, so my, just the point is always be adaptable. You know, I, I put out videos where I put out a video and I contradict something I said in a previous video because I'm learning, I'm adapting. Yeah. Hey, that yeah. was working they then, it's not too. working anymore. They do that yeah, they'll say, too. hey, but you said this and, that was two years ago. That doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. Or yeah. I'm I'm doing things different now. Yeah, you should too. Yeah, I, I, do, I, met, I met you, I met Jamil. So I used to be like, no, screw cash buyers. You know, find a deal and buyers that come. Met him. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. No, he had me. Yeah, I had to change that. Yeah. You know, because I learned better or whatever. Both mm -hmm. are important. But if you have a strong buyers list, just go out there and find it or whatever. Source and I've always buyers, been yeah. the opposite. You know, because that's how I was taught initially. Mm -hmm. Is that you find the deal, the buyers will come. If it's good enough and your buyer and your actual deals will build the buyers list. If they're great deals, I mean. Mm -hmm. So that's that's to add on top of your point, you've got housing wire, you've got a handful of places that you go um, absorb information, but you also network with a lot of people outside that's a big of one. you know, outside of us, obviously. You have friends that are builders, cash buyers, investors, 
and you're getting a pulse on what they're mm-hmm. all doing during the COVID situation. So that's a big part of your thing is like go network and get a pulse of the thing and watch what other people are doing and adapting. We saw a lot of people slowing down on the fixing and flipping, but we saw the market and the inventory was actually yeah. staying yeah. or even dipping. Mm-hmm. We started fixing and flipping more. Actually, I told Jamil, I go, anything, today, I, today I go, anything Keegley gets in this area, this price I want point, it. I want it. Yeah. Because you're going to make a kill and flip, fix right. and flipping. Yep. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. we were doing maybe three flips a month. Now we're going to go up to six. Maybe seven. So and I, I was like, so, hey, send me one of those in that area and you're my first buyer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so get this. On one of my on one of my new builds, and you know, I like this high end, it's Paradise Valley on Hummingbird Lane. I bought the lot for a million, tore the house down, bought the lot for a million. Our our budget for the new build is one five, all in for two five. Pre-COVID, we were hoping to get three eight, maybe four, like list for three nine nine. I'm talking million, three point nine million, all in for two five, right? Huge spread. We, we now think we can get four, five. Wow. I think because of COVID, we can get 500,000 more. And the wow. reason why is California's coming here. Oh, yeah. And like Big there's time. just demand in, in, on the high end all the way down to the mobile homes because of the market situation. Well, what I'm seeing is we have California coming here and we have East Coast coming here. Oh, they want, they so want out of there. Everybody's coming here all the way through from low end to high end. There's demand. So... We're feeling like now because of COVID, we might make another five hundred thousand. That's amazing on a new construction high end deal. Wow! Everybody but thought everybody thought high end was going to get crushed. There was a there was a window of time where I was like, I first I thought my lender would pull the plug and not because this is construction financing on right. that project. So the very first thing I did is I, I went to the bank, sat down with them. I mean, this is five percent money on this thing. Oh, great! Yeah, I mean, great financing, yeah. and they're like, you know what? Had had we not started. We wouldn't be funding you, but since we're in, we bought, you bought the lot, you know, you're, you did the demo, you're pouring the pad. You have the track history. I have a good history, right? Which is another reason why you want to build relationships with your money people. He says, we'll keep going. And that was when they were scared. I was thinking, am I even going to be able to, is there even going to be a buyer for this house? But let's go. And now like a couple months later, it's like, dude, I'm a rock star now. Like oh, we're going to yeah. crush it. Oh yeah. I mean, imagine selling for four or five all in for two five. <laughs> One deal. Wow. You know what I mean? Like Jerry knows how to make the money. Yeah. Yeah. Once we close, then that'll be the new favorite deal. The new best deal of all time. (laughs) We're going to have an office space for you in here, Jerry. Okay. Yeah. It'll be like, this is where our luxury flip is. You don't have to come every day. Oh, good. (laughs) But you can help us out with the overhead. (laughs) Uh, This office is so cool. Seeing everybody working like this. It's like this energy here. It's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us on this video. Leave a comment, share your biggest takeaway from these tips, what you're gonna do now with this information. It's all about application now, right? So you can watch these videos, go back to your regular life, or you can apply information right now in your business, help you get deals, help you be more successful. And we'll see you on the next video.